I want to talk this next five weeks is today and four more weeks. I want to talk about being above the noise. You know, the enemy and, and everybody gets weird when I say enemy or Satan or, or the devil, uh, you know, or the Yankees, however you want to say it, they're all evil. <laughs> but, uh, but all of those things, you guys make it weird. Don't be weird. It, it, it's easy for me to be like, we all agree that there's an evil, right? We all agree that there's evil, but it comes from somewhere. It's, it's ordained by something. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it has its drive, and, and we believe that there is a Satan. We believe that there is a devil. The Bible tells us so. We believe in Genesis, uh, that he came and, and he did a work, and it changed things. And thank God Jesus came back and set things back in order. But the truth is this. There is an enemy. The Scripture calls him an adversary who's roaring about. He's coming and trying to seek to see who he can devour or destroy. What is he trying to do? He's trying to get you to be unsuccessful in living the way God's called you to live. Jesus said, I came to, I came, I came here to earth. I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. One translation says, I've come to give you life and give it to you better. The better way of living. Jesus came to show us the better way to live. Yes, that also means heaven right? It means heaven. But it also means like, hey, there's an order as Christians that we should be walking in, and he shows us how to do it. And so if there is a way to do it, that means there's a way not to do it. And the way to not do it is when the enemy comes in and starts to lead us in his way, or the world starts to congest the way God wants us to live. And so we got to be above it. Amen. We got to be above it. And so I'm going to mention over the next couple of weeks and even into today, I'm going to keep talking about this above the noise. And you have to decide what the noise is for you. I don't know what the noise is that's, that's holding you back from living the way God's called you to. I don't know what the noise is that's keeping you from the victory that you're trying to go after. I will say this, it's choices we make. That's a big part of it. But, but what is it? What is the noise? Is it a hurt from the past that you've not sought healing for? Is it a way that you're, you're running your resources without any margin and it's causing you to have such a heaviness in your life? Is it, is it a bitterness towards somebody? Is it, what is the noise that's hindering you? I'm going to let you decide. Sometimes a noise could be a good thing. A noise you're going to hear me talk about later could be a season that came into your life. And it was a good season and it was an appropriate season, but the song has changed. God's moved the song and you're still over here hitting this one on repeat. So sometimes the, the song, the noise, the song just needs to change. Are you with me? So as I talk about it, I'm going to let you decide what the noise is and what the thing is that's, that's trying to do uh, hindrance. Maybe it's greed or competitiveness or you have anxiety. Maybe you have unhealthy habits in your life that just continue to cloud and noise and disrupt and hold you back from the victory that God has for you. But I pray in this series that God helps us see what the noise is that's keeping us from him. Are you with me? Uh, many of you know, we just got back from Disney. We love Disney. Our, our family, we just, we just are Disney-aholics. And um, I've said it to you before, this is how we do our budget every single year. Uh, we, we say we're putting God first, and we, we put our tithe, and we, and we put that first. That's the first thing on our budget is we're, we're going to put God first in our life. Second is Disney. We'll figure out the mortgage later. I don't care about what the kids need to eat. We're going to Disney. Jess is a crafter. She makes shirts and does vinyl designs, and she does all these different things. And she will turn that craft room into a sweatshop just to be able to go. She's down there, just raw fingers, blood. <laughs> She's just, we're going to Disney, you know. And, uh, and so we just love it. And so uh, for us, we, we left, and we booked Southwest, and uh, nothing wrong with Southwest. We like Southwest, but the problem is they don't give you seating assignments. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. You just get there when you get there, and they put you in a boarding class. Well, we have 
three kids, and so it's five of us as a total family. We have a seven-month-old, an almost four-year-old, and a six-year-old, so they can't fly alone. And, uh, and so we get there, and some things happen, and this happened, and that happened. And so we ended up getting basically to that loading uh, part pretty late to the point that when we got on the plane, they did not have seats for us together. Now, if you know my kids, when I wake up in the morning, first kid my son asked, or question my son asked me, Dad, are you going to work today? And then if I say, no, how many days are you not going to work? Like, because my kids are all stage five clinger. They get it from their mother. And, um, and, and so she wouldn't deny that. And so it's all you test people, Enneagram, whatever, you're all profiling her. And uh, anyway, so to be like, hey, you know, kids, sorry, there's no seats. You're going to have to go sit by that guy, right? Some random guy. And they're like, oh, my God. No. I'm like, well, you did it. You're the reason we're late. You know, that's right. Enjoy. <laughs> but it just doesn't work. Couldn't do it. So all the, And they made it work, and we all got together, and it was fine. We just kept them in the overhead compartment. Everybody was fine. But, but I'm telling you, oh, the headache. Oh, my gosh. And we got up at, like, 4 in the morning, and we tried to be first flight. And all the, it was crazy. And so the rush and the, all the fight and all the stuff. And, 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 but then all of a sudden, the plane takes off and gets into the air. All of a sudden, you get above the clouds. All of a sudden, you're just like, oh, you know what? Above the noise, all of that that was happening down there is really not that big of a deal. We were freaking out. We thought we were all going to die. I'm telling you. <laughs> but all of a sudden, you get up here and you get a different perspective. You're like, ah. Oh. And that's how God sees. And what I love about God is he's up there and he sees, but then he also cares. And not only does he care, but then he also says, hey, from my perspective, if you guys did these things, it would help you a whole bunch more down there. Are you with me? That's what the Bible is. It's not a rule book. It's not a, oh, here's how we got to keep the rules. It's a book full of promises that help you live better. Are you with me? And so, and so I got up and I said, okay, God, I see what you're saying. And that's what this series is about. It's about saying we got to get above the noise of the world and keeping up with the Joneses and keeping up with this and all of the hustle and bustle and all of the, we got to get above the noise of that. And we got to hear what God wants us to do. I know it's a famous scripture, but maybe that's why Isaiah 40, 31 says this, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Not those who hope in the ways of the world, not those who hope in living in the right neighborhood, having enough in their bank account, making sure they're keeping up with the junk. No, those who hope in the Lord. The noise that they want to hear is coming from the Lord. It says that they will renew their strength because keeping up with the Joneses doesn't renew your strength, does it? To try to hustle and bustle and go from this thing and climb that corporate ladder, none of that renews your strength. Of course, it takes care of your body and I understand all that stuff. It helps you live. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Then it says this, they will what? Soar on wings like eagles. What does it say? It says you're going to get above the noise. You're going to get above all the competitiveness down here and all the pettiness and all of the stuff that tries to just bog you down. Amen. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. They will be a people who can be above the noise. I can't do it perfect justice tonight or this morning because it's just a huge, it's just a huge thing to teach. But I want to explain something about how God made you. Many of you have not probably heard this term before. Uh, it's a theology term, but it's called trichotomy. It means that you were made three parts. Whether you believe it or not, you were made three parts. You're like, I always knew I was a split personality. You know, I always knew. So uh, we all are. You, you're safe now. We all are. We're trichotomy. You have three parts to you. I'm going to explain it to how you were made. The first part is you're a spirit being. You need to understand that the most important part of you is that you're a spirit being. You have a spirit about you, and your spirit is what relates to God. 
It's what relates to God. So your spirit is your, it's your eternal. So it's also eternal. So your spirit, it, you're, it's either going to heaven or it's going to hell. And that's just the truth. It's what, we, it's what we believe here. But that spirit being, that one part of you, is either heaven or hell, but it's eternal. Uh, we know that your body goes in the ground, right? We'll talk about all that in the morning. But the one part of you is spirit. And that's where God can can speak and lead and prompt and, and, and do the, the spirit man on the inside of you. It's where you get divine enablement. Are you with me? So the spirit is one. The other is the soul. The soul part of you is what relates to others. And so the soul is psychological. It's your mind, will, and your emotions. So it's another part of how you're made up. you got that soul part of you, your mind, will, and your emotions. So your will for things, your emotions, how you react, that's your soul part. It's psychological. Then you have a body, which relates to the environment. It's physical. And so literally, we can see your body. It's physical. Uh, we also know that when you die, uh, many people, of course, get put in the ground. Some people get cremated. All the other weirdos start to do whatever they do, and they get sprinkled everywhere. We're not going to go down that road. But you know I'm sprinkled at Disney, right? Just so you all know, I'm going to be. We're gonna be. <laughs> and uh, so hot down there this week, you're going to throw tomatoes at me. I feel like I already got sprinkled down there. I just melted down there. It was so hot. You guys had all that wind, and we were just getting burnt. And You guys are really angry about that. That wasn't even like a good fake laugh. But this, you need to think of it like this. Your body, it's just your earth suit. It's what you're in. It's what your spirit is in. It's what you're in while you're here. And you're going to go in the ground and your spirit, you're going to, and so uh, it, it's good. It, it's good that you have it, your, but it's not your everything. So many of us spend so much time and energy worrying about what this body looks like. It's temporal. It's temporal, you guys. Our spirit matters. What we do for eternity matters. Amen. But here's why I bring it all up in this idea of above the noise is because here's the truth about this three-part person that you are. Every single part has to be in good working order. You can't just say, you know what, the, the body part of it, I don't care about the physical part of it. I'm going to let that run out of order because it's going to affect the other areas. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to let my mind, will, and my emotions, I'm not going to work on them. I'm not going to pray about them. I'm not going to get them in alignment with God's word. I'm going to let them be whatever they want because they're going to affect the other parts of it. Are you with me? It's so important for us to have, have everything in alignment the way that God's called us to. You'll never rise above the noise. You'll never be the way God's fully called you to be if you don't understand what God wants to do in those three parts of your being. Amen. And so it's, it matters. I'll explain it to you like this. If you've ever had an injury, maybe you hurt your ankle or your knee, and so you limped or you walked tenderly, and then all of a sudden it caused another part of your body to hurt. It's like all of a sudden my back, oh, it's this pain. Well, it's because your knee, you've been walking. It's the same thing in this three-part being. If we don't get these in good working order, one of the other is going to be cause stress. Are you with me? And so we got to get it right. I put this on Facebook yesterday. If the enemy can't destroy your life, he'll keep you distracted enough to disempower it. There's so much God wants to do. And if the enemy can keep you so bogged down, you won't be who you're called to be. You won't walk in the victory God's called you to walk in. I was going to say it to you like this. Some of you are in an orchestra with noise. Some of you are in orchestra with the noise that you shouldn't be. You got this thing going on and that thing, going, and you are just in orchestra with it. You're just letting it happen. Uh, this person comes in and you allow it. That thing comes in and you allow it. This idea, that the, uh, you know, all of these things come in and you just, you start letting it become a part of your orchestra and it shouldn't be. 
Because then the problem is you make goals, you pray, you ask God, he calls you, he speaks you into something, and you say, yeah, God, this is what I want it to sound like. God, this is what I want you to do in my life. This is how I want to raise my family. This is what I want to have a marriage, how I want to have my marriage. You have all of these things, and you have all these goals and wishes and prayers, but then you just start letting anybody come be a part of your song. You let any instrument, you let anything kind of come, and then you look back at it and you go, why doesn't it sound right? Well, it's because you've had no boundaries. You've had no values. You've had no principles. You've just allowed everything to come be a part of your orchestra. Are you with me? How silly would that be, right? So, hey, we're going to have a sympathy and we're... Sympathy? Whatever. And, and, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and then uh, and you just let anybody come in and play whatever you want. It would be ridiculous. It would be a train wreck. And many of us, that's the result of our life. We have this train wreck because we've let anything come in and do whatever it wants. We've got to have a boundary, and we've got to get those boundaries from God's word. It matters that we be above the noise of what the world tells us to be. Again, I know it's a very famous scripture, But 2 Corinthians 6.14 says this, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? They don't play the same song. Or what fellowship can light and darkness have? They don't go together. Now, this isn't a judgment scripture where you say, you better not talk to any sinner. That's not what it's talking about. But what it's saying is you don't put them in your band. You don't make them a part of the song that you're singing. And so many of us would be like, yeah, we can act like that, put that in the song. Yeah, we can react like that, put that in the song. And we justify all of these behaviors, and it's messing up your song. we got to get above the noise of the world. Am I making sense today? It just matters that we get this right. You can't be in closeness with somebody who's an unbeliever. Uh, three points for you real quick. i got just a couple quick points that I want you to see. Point number one is this in getting above the noise just turn off the noise. When it comes to being a person who can find how to get above the noise, it's easy. Do this. Just turn off the noise. People say to me all the time, oh, I wish I could hear God. I wish God would speak to me more. I wish I could be more inspired. I wish that I could hear him. I just don't have time. I just don't have the room. I just don't have the ability to to kind of go after him like I want to. But the truth is you do because we make room for a lot of noise. Here's an example. This isn't a judgment. You guys are going to feel like this is a setup, but it's not. Imagine with me this scene in Titanic. If you haven't seen it before, spoiler alert. Uh, But at the end, (laughs) you did have like 30 years. But (laughs) in the end, they're clinging, right? They're in the water. It's DiCaprio, and they're in the water, and they're freezing. And and I guess it was more than 30 years, right? Because Titanic was real. Well, the movie, but I'm talking about the story. Anyway. (laughs) They're freezing, and they're in love, and they're freezing, and they're in love. And then Celine Dion, right, comes in behind it. And it's, but you all see the scene, right? You see it with me right now. You see the scene. And you could talk about what they say to each other and almost what she's wearing, what her hair looks like, and how he's the, and, and the song comes on. You could all sing it right now. We could all just get into it. You know that. No, Scott's like, don't, and I'm not going <laughs> to. But same thing at Disney. Same thing at Disney. We're walking around Disney. There's grown men wearing shirts that say Hakuna Matata. And we're walking around like, yeah, Hakuna Matata. That means no word. Yeah, man, fist bump. Hakuna Matata. And then you remember that part of the song where you're like, Hakuna Matata. And everybody's into it. And, we're, and we know that. We know that part of the thing. But if I was like, hey, guys, you know that part? You know like in Mark chapter 4 where it starts out like, and we don't know that part. Because we haven't allowed those noises in our life. We know Akuna Matata, Pumba Timon. 
I'm in the parade like, oh, Rapunzel, Caroline, look, it's Twin Rider. And it's, you know what I'm saying? And we get it, and we know the thing. And so, God, I can't hear you. Where are you? I don't. we got to make room for the right noise. Are you with me? And again, that's not a judgment, but I'm just saying if we desire it, it's possible. We, we can make room for all these other things. I thought, so point is still point number one, just turn off all the other noise. I'm not saying stop watching movies. I'm not saying stop all that other kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is just turn off the noise. It's that easy. Just turn off the noise. Now, this is going to blow your mind. This is crazy. Here's, this is crazy. Your phone, if you take your phone, uh, there's actually a button, should be a button on every single one of them, where you can actually take that button and turn off your phone. You guys, it turns off. Like at night, like every free chance you get, you don't have to be on Facebook. getting noise from everything else. Your Instagram, like tomorrow, you can turn off your phone and your Instagram's still there. Like your friends will still be there, all that. Are you, are you tracking what I'm saying? Just that, it's that simple to get above the noise. Turn off your phone. In 2009, there was 240 billion text messages sent in one year. In 2009, 240 billion text messages sent in one year. In 2017, there was 781 billion text messages sent per month in America. And half of those came from Maddie. Just Maddie texting over here. My wife at the grocery store asking me about apples. I don't know. I'm not going to eat them anyway. But anyway. <laughs> Kale. Who's Kale? Who names her kick? Oh, it's a food. Say, never mind. <laughs> Bernie Cross, he records nature sounds for film and television. In 19, so a clear nature sound. It's like when you watch the Masters golf tournament and you think you're hearing birds chirping, welcome to the ninth green of the, you hear the birds and the, that's not really happening. That's this guy recorded him and uh, sold him to the CBS. But anyway, in 1968, in order to get one hour of natural sound, like no airplanes, no cars, it would take him 15 hours of recording time to get one hour. Currently, to get one hour of uninterrupted, perfect nature sound, it would take him 2,000 hours worth of recording. That was actually in 2010. Because we're traveling, we're hustling, we're moving, we're going. Why? Because the enemy, and I'm not saying it's all bad, but I'm just saying you got to have a plan for it. Because the enemy's trying to get you to go faster and longer and more. and all. Why? Because he understands if he can keep you so distracted, he'll keep you disempowered. Think about silence. Why is it so hard to deal with silence? Like I could literally put most of you in a sweat right now if I was like, okay, and I would be in a sweat too. For the next two minutes, we're all just going to sit here in silence. Already you'd be like, okay, I'm out. Like I'm leaving uh, our Disney bus. You're riding on a bus and it's got music playing in the background. One of the trips, there's no music. You're sitting on the bus just next to random people. Like, You're like, would I die if I jumped out right now? I don't know. <laughs> Because like in every restaurant you go to, remember, I remember back in the day when they first started playing music in the background of a restaurant, we ain't going there, it's too loud. Now, if you go to a restaurant and they're playing music, you're like, what's wrong? Like, are we being robbed? Like, why is, why is silence so hard to deal with? It's a true, it's a good question to ask. Why is it that in every single thing we do, we have to have something going? You do it, you go home and turn your TV on. You're not watching it, but you need it on because you need, right? Who's with me? All of us do it, and I'm not saying it's, it's 
you know, we all need to stop. But I'm just saying, why is it that the enemy is working so hard to keep the noise? 183 million people in America are regularly exposed to noise levels labeled as excessive by the Environmental Protection Agency. You have taken noise and the excess of noise as normal. And now again, the Bible tells us to, to shout and lift up a shout. And we, it says, you know, uh, you worship with an instrument. All those kinds of things are true. But at the same time, Psalm 4, 4 says, search your heart and be silent. Search your hearts. Be in a practice of searching your hearts and being silent. Why? Because you got to get to places in your life where you're above the noise. If you want to hear from God, if you want to live victoriously, you have to be able to push all of the other noise away. Now, again, this is where you're deciding what the noise is. It's the noise that keeps coming at you. Is it a friendship circle? Is it a thing that you get your influence from? Is it this uh, thing from the past that just keeps speaking at you, speaking at And so that's why you drowned it out with music. That's why you drowned it out with entertainment. You have to decide the noise that you have to get above. Amen. Amen. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He often instructed his disciples, hey, go over there to a quiet place, a solitary place, and do what? Be silent and pray and wait on the Lord. If Jesus had to do it, if he instructed his disciples to do it way back then, how much more so now with our billions of text messages, how much more so should we be doing it today? Amen. Let's get above the noise. Elijah knew this. The scripture said he was zealous, he was zealous for God. In 1 Kings chapter 19, Verse 11, the scripture says he's zealous for God. He's seeking after God. And the scripture says he goes up on the mountain and there's a great windstorm. So much wind that it's splitting the rocks of the mountain. And the scripture says God wasn't in the windstorm. Then the scripture says that there's an earthquake that just shakes the entire mountain. He's like, surely this is God coming to meet with me. He's not in the earthquake. We've heard the story. And he says, okay, well, what about the fire? There's a fire that shows up and, and it's definitely going to be God in the fire and he's not. But then the scripture says there was a sound of silence. And then the scripture says that God speaks back to him out of the silence. Isn't that incredible? We would love for it to be in the big worship service that we get above the noise or in the big thing. But many times it's God in us getting above the noise that he speaks to us. I love how Mark Batterson says this. Why does God choose to whisper? Don't we wish God could just shout from heaven, just shout what I need to do from heaven. But he said, sometimes God whispers because he wants you to know that he's close. When you whisper to somebody, you get close and you whisper, you whisper. And so when God, when we get silent and we put away all the other noise, all the other distractions, all the other, even good things that are trying to make noise in our life, we put all those away. We draw near to God so he can whisper. Are you with me? Point number two is this. I believe that you can be the God kind of noise in the world. This is a quick point. As much as we're getting above the noise, I also believe that you can be the God kind of noise that we need to be in this world. The world's over here acting like this and making this kind of noise. I believe that God's raising up a generation that's going to be a God kind of noise. Amen. Are you with me? We see it in worship. You see musicians come together and, and speak the word of the Lord, the God kind of noise that brings healings to hearts, that breaks change in spiritual atmospheres. Are you with me? I believe God is doing it, and we can be a part of that. Corinthians actually warns us about how to do it. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 says, If I could speak all of the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So if we try to do all of this as Christians, but we don't do it with love, 
We're just joining all the other noise, aren't we? We've got to do all of this in love. We can be the God kind of love and in our community. I'll close with this. I actually have two people come up. Ben and Maddie, why don't you come up here? Give it up for them. They're getting married this month. They're getting married in March. Uh, I want to, this is Ben, for those of you who don't know Ben, this is a full paint can. I've asked him to help me with this illustration. Uh, but my third point is this, you're not made for constant noise. Your spiritual being, uh, your earthly, you are not made for constant noise. So this is a paint can. I'm going to ask you, hey, hey, Ben, is it possible for you to hold this out? Yeah, it's possible for him to hold it out. He's holding it out right now. It's full. It's heavy. It's possible for him to hold that noise out. We're going to call that can noise. So, hey, yeah, he can ha- handle that noise for a minute. He's got it up right now. But I'm going to ask him to keep holding it out. And that's a full paint can. So he's a fit guy. He would probably do it longer than I could. But the truth is, that arm's going to start to go, right? All of a sudden, his back right here, he's already having to adjust his feet a little bit. Why? Because in the beginning, hey, can you, can you handle that noise? Yeah, yeah, here's the noise. I, see, I can handle the noise for a minute. But over time, it starts to fatigue and it starts to wear down. Thanks, bud. You can sit. <laughs> you're needed this month. <laughs> so, well, you're always needed, buddy. I love you, but I'm just extra. <laughs> it's your special month. <laughs> But we do that. We say, oh, you know what? I can handle this noise. See, look, everybody. Why are they, why, why, why is church telling me I can't? Why is church telling me I can't handle this? Look at me, I'm handling it fine. And you hold on and you're holding on and then it starts messing some stuff up and it's getting heavy and you don't know how to let go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bitter. I can handle it. I'm not bitter. It's fine. I'm fine. Look at me. I'm not bitter. I can handle it. And then it starts to steal your energy hurt your muscles, start to wear you down, start to break you down. I, I can handle this. I got this. I got this noise. It's fine. I can do the noise. Maybe in your family, we always done the noise like this. This is what we do. We do the noise like this. And, you just, and, you're, and you're not willing to give it up. So you hold the noise, you hold the noise, but it's hurting you. And it's going to continue to hurt you and it's going to hold you down. Because number three, point number three, like I mentioned, you were not made for constant noise. The noise of the world, the noise of the things, the noise of, you're not made for that. And here's the truth, good noise, as I mentioned earlier, it could start as a good noise. Like, hey, this is a season that God gave you. And you're like, yeah, I got this. And and God gave it to you. But then he's called you to go into another place. But you're like, no, 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 this season, it was great. They're the glory days. I got to hang on to this. And God's like, no, I got a new song for you. I want you to do a new thing. No, no, no. Are Are you tracking with me? You got to put it down because it's going to break you. Stubbornly, you're saying, oh, no, no, no. Things can start good noise. It's a good noise. And then it turns bad noise. At Disney, we love Disney. We came back from Disney, right? And you're walking into the park and you love it. It's the lights and it's the characters and it's the people and it's the crowds and it's the food and it's the smells. And you're walking in and the kids are zippity-doo-dah, zippity Right? You know the song, right? I hope you do. Or leave the church. Just don't come back. <laughs> Oh my, oh my, what a wonderful, and so the kids, and you love it, and we're singing, and when you're leaving the park, you're like, turn off those lights, why is it so loud here, what is this, you know, you're, because the noise, it's changed, this season it was fun, and, but it's changed, you want to get out of there, and it's hot, in the beginning you love the sun, and it's the morning, and it's, and it's hot, and the sun, and at the end, it's like, zip, and you're, to my son Charlie's like, for, I'm like, if you sing zippity doodah one more time, I'm going to rip your zippity doodah off, <laughs> We're done. 
because it changes. It just changes sometimes. And that's why you got to be above the noise to know what God is doing. What is he saying? You may have gone to your church your whole life and you're happy with the way it's been. You're happy with how God raised you. You're happy uh, or, or with how your family, you just grew up that way. But then you come into an environment like this and you see worship is a little different. And you hear about a class about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and you're going, wait a minute, that's a different noise. This is my noise. I don't want that noise. This is my noise. And it's weighing you down because God wants you to put that one down and come over here and maybe enter into this kind of worship and maybe learn about what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Are you with me? Let's get above the noise and, and, and go after all that God has for us.